welcome to episode 129 of the Burned In Teacher podcast. I don't know about you, but I have seen some pretty interesting behaviors lately. And not just this year as a kindergarten teacher. I saw some things as a first grade teacher several years ago. And there are some things that I've recently changed that I've never even considered before that have made all the difference. And I want to share them with you today. So if you've been dealing with disruptions, disrespect, and defiance, this episode is for you. Let's dive in. Hey there, I'm Amber Harper, former burned out teacher turned teacher burnout coach, dedicated to helping other teachers like you to grow through your burnout and take your next best steps toward what you want from your career in education and in life. After an embarrassing emotional breakdown in front of my teacher besties, I knew something needed to change, and that something was me. I decided that I wasn't going to settle for burnout as my sentence, as a teacher, mom, wife, or friend, and I knew it was going to take way more than practicing conventional self-care to make the progress I wanted to make. No amount of manicures, bottles of wine, or bubble baths was going to save this girl. Fast forward a few years later, and I've used everything I've learned about teacher burnout and personal development to write a book, build a course, and lead a community of burned-in teachers who refuse to settle for a life of burnout as their forever reality. I've used my burnout as an opportunity to become an active participant in my life, in the classroom and here on the mic, using all that I've learned to teach kids and serve teachers. And you can do the same. The Burned In Teacher podcast is one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support to help you grow through your burnout and live a happier, more fulfilled career and life. So take a deep breath, my friend, because you're about to take your next best step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Now let's get started. This episode is brought to you by Blinkist, my personal favorite way to listen to books in short blinks. Hear me out. It really is more knowledge in less time. What Blinkist does is it takes your favorite personal development, biographies, or autobiographies, and more, and boils them down into the most important points of the book. Blinkist is perfect for curious yet busy people, like us teachers, who love to learn yet don't have or make the time to sit down and read. This app offers a way for busy professionals to understand books and podcasts, in most cases, less than 15 minutes. I mean, how many times have you climbed into bed at the end of a busy day with a great book and the best of intentions, and before you make it to the third sentence, you're passing out? I've been there, I see you. You can read or listen to books, find your next read based on your interests, and even take advantage of new shortcasts. These are key insights from popular podcasts too. So if you want to be more knowledgeable, successful, a better parent, happier, or learn how to be your best self at work and in life, Blinkist is for you. This app is how I have listened to some of my favorite books like Atomic Habits, Think and Grow Rich, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and so many more books that I reference all the time in my daily life. 95% of Blinkist members read significantly more than before. 91% create better habits. 87% have more positive changes in their lives. And you know, that's what I'm all about. 
As a BIT podcast listener, you get a seven-day free trial of Blinkist. And believe me, when you begin using this app, you will never read books the same way again. Go to www.bit.ly slash bitblink7 to get seven days free from Blinkist, my favorite app for learning so I can take my next best step to becoming and staying my best self. That's bit.ly slash bitblink7. Burn on. Well, hey there. I decided to put this quick intro in before I jump into me sharing um, some things that I'm doing in my classroom that are new, some things that I've been doing since the very first day that seem to be working and helping my students to um, move through these challenging behaviors that I've been seeing um, with some students most of the year, uh, with some students brand new. And um, as I was sharing everything that I've been doing and have done and um, what I'm considering doing, I realized that I need to break this into two parts because I want it to be actionable. I want you to be able to digest what it is that I'm sharing with you and give you a chance to decide what pieces you could adapt and use in your own classroom, no matter what grade you teach. You know, um, I'm coming from a kindergarten teacher perspective, but I'm also coming from a teacher perspective of someone who's taught first through fifth grade. So I know that any good ideas that um, that you find that could work for you are adaptable. So I'm going to share with you today part one and part two will release later on this month. Burn on. So it wasn't too long ago, um, I would say shortly after Christmas break, that I remember coming home from school and telling Jeff after he asked me how my day was, I was like, I got this. I got these kids whipped into shape. No worries. (laughs) And then, hmm, mid-January happened. And I felt like I was hit by a bus every single day. I was dealing with defiance, disrespect, complete and total interruptions, um, disruptions um, from even a few students who I've never had problems with before that specific week. Um, I can't tell you exactly when I decided to do kind of a total reset. Um, and I, I I'm even I have a list here in front of me that I want to share with you today about all of the things that I've begun to pay attention to and things that I'm doing and that I have done to finally see a turnaround. And I'm recording this on March 9th, okay? So there are no promises that anything that I'm going to share with you today is is going to work for you. There's no promise that – there's no promise to me that I'm not going to have some rough days or weeks ahead. But – when I look at the difference between my class today, even in the last few days, um, and the way that they were behaving in January um, through mid-February, you know, we have our ups and downs. No class is perfect. I'm not perfect. Um, and also, I want to say, too, when I share these things that I'm doing with you today, 
I'm not saying that they are the right things or the perfect things or what maybe some other professional, maybe behaviorist would say is the right thing to do. I am just sharing with you today what has worked for me um, this year and what I have realized has made a huge difference in the relationship with my students and setting them up for success um, when some days just seem like a total loss. Um, And what's interesting, first of all, is I want to tell you is that days when I've had my worst days with my students, I've realized that it's not just me. It's not an isolated incident in my classroom. It seems to be school-wide and even district-wide. You know, my husband and I work in the same district, and when we go home and talk about our days, it's like, what is... What is going on? What's in the air? Is there a full moon? Is there some weather coming? Um, <laughs> what's what's happening here? Uh, but all of that aside, there are things that I've begun doing, continue doing, things that I started at the, be- at the beginning of the year that are really working well and that I'm continuing to see positive results from. Nothing is going to be a magic pill. Nothing. And nothing is a promise that it will quote unquote fix a specific behavior. What I've noticed most of all about these things that I'm going to share with you is that I've seen success from consistency, from calm, from communication, and from continued support from my administration and my teacher friends, my teaching partner. And so don't write me off if you don't feel like you have a supportive administration, okay? Because there are still things that you can do within your classroom, within your control to help to begin to turn the ship um, even a little bit because even a little bit of change can make a big difference over the long haul. This is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet for you. And I've tried to think of how I can structure this podcast to be perfectly linear. Um, But I know that there are some things that I'm going to say, oh, yeah, I want to tell you this too. Um, So basically what I'm going to do with – I want to start with some overall internal things that I'm doing um, for my own mindset and my own sanity (laughs) and as well as, you know, what I'm doing externally with my own body, um, with my voice and um, throughout the day to help uh, our daily schedule to run as close to what I plan as possible. It's not always perfect. The first thing that I have done is changed my mindset. Um, when these behaviors first started happening, I remember in October actually, I had a really, I had a really rough week that I remember specifically, and I actually did end up in tears um, at the end of the day because I was like, "Where did these kids come from? They are not even my students." Holy cow! Um, I had to quickly shift my mindset from um, the, uh, these kids. I can't believe how disrespectful they are. There's good. I, how are they going? What are they doing? Are they going home and doing nothing? Like I'm the only place that has structure. We can have those conversations all day. It's not going to change anything. What I've decided to do is to shy away from those conversations and remind myself that it's not me against them. I saw a quote from Jerry Brooks on Instagram the other day that said, and this was directed at principals, but he said, principals, just a friendly reminder that your teachers don't work for you. You work for them. And it's just coming to my mind now because I have to remember that my students aren't working for me. I'm working for them. 
And if they are having lapses in behavior and they are being disrespectful and they are being disruptive and defiant, it's up to me to help them to learn different behaviors on a consistent basis. Now, I am not at the same time assuming all of the responsibility. There are times where I do have them go to the office. There are times when I do text my, um, I have a classroom support thread with my uh, principal, my assistant principal and our school counselor that I will ask for a walkthrough or I will let them know that a specific student has is doing the same thing again that we've been working on and they need to have a break, whatever that is. But what I have done is I have detached myself from the belief that every day is going to be a failure and that if that particular student comes in with a particular attitude one day, that my day is going to be a loss. All I can do is believe that it's not me against them and that all I can do is continue to remind them and and encourage them of our expectations, which sort of goes into our daily routine every single day. Um, I do a lot of backing up. I do a lot of slowing down. You guys, I have made our days very, very simple. I used to be of the belief that every lesson had to be super exciting and super engaging. And what I've realized, and I'm not sure if it's just with this age group or not, um, is that super engaging, exciting, and um, different types of activities every day is not good for anybody. What I am trying to do is to create a calm, kind, caring environment where we have fun, but mostly we learn. And um, that comes from slowing down. We have basically the same routine every single day. And not even just the same routine per day. I have the same expectations for every single subject. We go over the same expectations for reading to self, word work, um, listen to reading, writer's workshop, our math by myself work time. Every single time they go to work by themselves, they are reminded of their expectations. They could literally finish these sentences. Stay in one spot. Work at a whisper level, or let me say that again, work at a level zero or one. That's a no talking, obviously, or a level one whisper voice. We practice these things. Um, Keep your eyes on your own work. Read the whole time or write the whole time. And that way, when I'm working with small groups or I'm conferencing with somebody, I'm able to say, uh, let me think of a name here. Jeff, keep your eyes on your book the whole time. Or Avery, stay in one spot. It's the same language for every subject. There are no differences, okay? It's mini lesson, reminder of expectations that I just told you, and then they go to their seats. So I wanted to get that out of the way first um, to let you know that for every subject, all of the expectations are exactly the same. I have never done that before. There were certain expectations for math and there was a certain routine for math and a certain routine for reading and a certain routine for writing. Nope, they are all the same. And I'm telling you, you might think, well, that's boring. No, it's not. It's predictable. And it's made a huge difference in my classroom management because for every subject, I can say the same thing that I said for the subject before. And it's a consistent reminder. They don't have to guess. 
So with that being said, I want to share with you what our days look like and how I'm setting my students up for the utmost success with their behavior and um, here in the classroom and in the hallway for other teachers, et cetera. The first thing that the students do in the morning is they come in and we do a soft start. So I have trained them specifically what it is they are allowed to do. They have about six choices and um, they know that they have to stay in their seats. They have to stay at their table space. Even though quarantines are over, contact tracing is over at our school, they still have to stay at their spots. They know that. That's again, Please go back to your spot. You know you have to stay in your table space. You may talk with your friends, but you have to stay in one spot. Again, very consistent. They know because we practice and I remind them every single day that when announcements come on, their hands are in their lap and we do our announcements through um, Microsoft Teams. So there's a video of our principal or assistant principal or our counselor on, um, on our Promethean board at the, at, the begin- at the front of the class. So they know eyes on the screen, hands in your lap. It's taken practice. Most of the time I, I give them a two minute warning and let them know I see Mrs. Spencer on the, on the board. S- get ready to put your hands in your lap and your eyes on the board. Do you understand? Yes. So, after announcements are over, I set my timer for two minutes on my Apple Watch and they know it and I walk around and I start singing the cleanup song. It is from a YouTube video, but the YouTube video is too loud. So I have decided to sing it myself. They don't even know that this YouTube video exists. I used to play it in my first grade classroom and it was so stinking loud. No wonder I had trouble calling, calming them down. So I simply sing, it's time to clean up. It's time to clean up all your stuff now. All my friends, it's time to clean up. It's time to clean up right now. I've even gotten a little creative. If they have their iPads out later in the day for listen to reading, they use Raz Kids. I say, it's time to clean up. It's time to clean up all your iPads. Right now, please put them in your chair bag and put them away. They love how creative I've gotten with that song. I've never sang on this podcast before, so you're welcome, by the way. They know that if they as a class get everything cleaned up and they're back in their seats, they get a class dojo point for being responsible. As a cl- as a school, as 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 a school, we use dojo. I have certain feelings about it, but it works. And I've decided to detach myself from from my certain philosophies about points. But it works. Okay? You might be just completely gagging right now, but it works. We're using them. And they know right after we talk about um, something that I've seen that they did really well to work as a team to get cleaned up, that they are going to hear my song, my YouTube video, not my YouTube video, but a YouTube video that I found a few years ago. It's Three Little Birds. It's Bob Marley's song, but it's sung um, with a guitar and it's not him singing it. But it is beautiful. I'm going to link it here in the show notes. And they know that that is the sign that we come to community circle. They know exactly where they sit. They sit the same place every single day. And they know what I expect to see when they come. We sing that song together. I have little movements to it. And we get to our day. Right after the song is finished, we go right into um, our our classroom pledge. Now, I found this pledge on on um, Teachers Pay Teachers. I can link that in here as well. I think it was a freebie. I know it was a freebie. So I'll link it here in the show notes as well. It says, I will reflect respect. 
I will be a responsible student, and by the way, we echo this. I will display good manners. I will practice acts of kindness. I will promise to always do my best. I pledge to be respectful, responsible, and safe. Now, this has been our chant and our routine, by the way. Everything I've told you up to this point has been routine every single day. And we made charts at the beginning of the year, and we sometimes still make charts to make their expectations of what these things look like and sound like that I'm expecting them to do all day. So for example, one of our rules is I will reflect respect. What does that look like? What will we do today to show respect to Mrs. Harper and our classmates? So I'll have some friends raise their hand. They will share some ways that we can be respectful. And then the next day, I might choose being responsible. What are we going to do today to be responsible students? What will that look like? What will that sound like? And they may give any variety of answers. As kindergartners do, they typically say the same thing all the time, Keep your or don't hit, don't kick, that kind of thing. But help them to change their language so they're talking about the things that they are doing. So help your students, like I have, to understand what it looks like and sounds like to be respectful. Okay, I'm going to take a time out here and tell you something that I taught my students the very first day of school. I taught them how to teach other students to respect their boundaries. I don't use fancy, cute language like stay in your bubble or put your hands in your fishbowl. I tell them hands in your lap, lips together. And one thing that I taught them after I taught them those things, crisscross, applesauce, hands in your lap, is I taught them how to tell people when their personal space is being invaded. So I taught them how to hold their hand up respectfully and say, please stop, you're in my personal space. We practiced that every day for three weeks. It was part of our morning routine. Please stop, you're in my personal space. And it has evolved now into, please stop, I don't like that. Please stop, don't touch me. Please stop talking. I'm working. Teaching them how to advocate for themselves has been huge in the success of our classroom procedures. Because teaching kids how to advocate for themselves teaches them that they are worthy of telling people what they do and do not like. It also helps those students that allow themselves to be um, distracted by others. It teaches them the language that they should be using when they should be listening or they should be working. You know, so I might say, hey, Jeff, the next time that Avery starts to play with your hair, instead of you turning around and giggling with her, instead you should say, please stop. I'm trying to listen. So we talk about how that is a way to use calm, kind, caring language to help to set them up for success all day, all year. After that, we then move to our classroom goal for the day. Um, So some common classroom goals that we have, and these change not every day. Sometimes, especially if we're struggling with one goal, it will stay the same for maybe a whole week. Um, Some common goals that we have had have been um, talk to each other with a calm, kind, caring voice. And then I give them some strategies they can use to reach that goal, such as take a deep breath, 
use a level one or level two voice that's either a whisper or a um, low table talking voice similar to what I'm using now. Um, Another goal that we commonly use is no talking during by myself work time. So that is any of those times that I shared with you earlier. Could be read to self, um, could be uh, word work, could be writing, could be math, whatever it is, whenever it's a by myself time, that is an expectation that we are not bothering others unless we ask for help, which we also talk about. Another common goal is to clean up quickly and quietly. Um, another one is come to the carpet quickly and quietly. And throughout the day, I revisit this goal. As I will share with you later, we will have community circle recently um, within the last two weeks we have been having two to three community circle times to reevaluate how the day has been going, what we can do differently and what we can do better and what what we should keep doing if we're doing a good job at something. So we consistently reevaluate that goal. And as a class, we vote thumbs up if we think we've been reaching that goal, thumb in the middle if kind of, <laughs> and thumb down if we say, no, we've we've been getting in trouble. We've had to put our heads down. We've had to stop and talk a lot about our behaviors. And then I give them another dojo point, um, whether or not they have felt like as a class that they've done a good job of reminding each other of our expectations and helped to, um, to use the strategies to reach our goal. Then we talk about, um, at, at about this point, we move to um, talking about what happens um, if we choose not to support our goal, if we choose not to follow our expectations. This is, again, something that you know maybe you will agree with. Maybe your teaching philosophy um, goes right along with this. Maybe it doesn't. There are parts of, you know, even, even going through this process, there are parts of it that I don't like and, and parts that I do. But I have to let the kids know that there are consequences. And we talk about positive consequences and we talk about negative consequences and we talk about how you know when we make a bad choice we can turn it around I'm going to talk to you about this here in just a second but or we can choose not to turn it around it's it's up to you and they know and they can finish this sentence too Um, I can say who decides how our day goes if it's going to be a positive and fun day or if it's going to be a day where um, where you get in trouble a lot who gets to choose and they point to themselves and they say I get to choose because I teach them that they are in charge of their own bodies they are in charge of their choices and of course I say are we going to make good choices or bad choices that's certainly not new in the teacher world but we talk about how we get to stop and think before we do something before we touch somebody um, whether or not that is helpful or hurtful Um, That's another thing that we made a chart for at the beginning of the year and talk about quite a bit. Um, So we talk about, you know, what will happen, you know, what are the steps if you're making a bad choice, you know, you get so many chances before you maybe need to go take a break in the office and what the consequences are if you make good choices. And we do positive office referrals and I send parents, um, you know, good messages about their, their child's choices and behaviors. So whatever that looks like for you. That is something I certainly um, encourage you to reinforce every single day. It's it's not worth skipping any of this. All of these things consistently um, has helped. After that, we move into the zones of regulation. Um, I have been working on teaching breathing techniques, ways to calm ourselves down if we're feeling frustrated or silly. And that has been a game changer for my kids this year. They are able to tell you if they are in the blue zone. 
um, where they're feeling sad or tired or they just don't feel like doing anything or they're feeling just kind of meh. Um, and we talk about why. So I just have, I tell them if you want to raise your hand and share, you can. Um, if they're in the yellow where they're feeling worried about something or anxious or they're feeling, um, they're feeling wiggly or silly. Um, this especially comes up the yellow zone after lunch, which I will share with you in the next episode. So we talk about ways that we can use strategies to get ourselves back into the green zone. And then, you know, I share whether or not I'm in a, in the green zone, which means ready to learn. Um, so the, the green zone is where our goal is always to be. That doesn't mean we're especially happy. It doesn't mean that we are, um, you know, smiling ear to ear. It just means, you know, we're just chill. We're just, we're here to do our, the best that we can. We might make some mistakes and that's okay. And that's our goal is to keep our brains and bodies ready to learn. And we talk about strategies like taking deep breaths if we start to feel overly silly or giving ourselves a hug, counting to 10. I created a calm down song. <laughs> I feel like I've sang enough to y'all today. I'll save that one for later. Um, I just created um, a list of ways that they can calm themselves down that are non, what's my word? Non-interruptive. <laughs> I do not have a calm down corner. I thought that I would have one at the beginning of the year and realized quickly that for, for me and for my students this year, I don't think it's necessary. I'm teaching kids ways that they can self-regulate um, from where they are sitting. I do have some by my, I just, I simply call them by myself tables where if they are being annoyed by the person sitting next to them, they can simply get up and move to a by myself table anytime they want, unless they abuse it, of course. I also use the by myself tables as sort of a second step in my classroom management process of if I ask them to stop twice, then the next step is to go to a by myself table and remove themselves from the situation. Usually it's from the carpet. Um, sometimes it's during the by myself time, you know, work time. Um, and they know that they have that chance to get themselves get themselves calm so that we can move on. To teach the zones of regulation, I used a presentation that a fellow teacher at my district had created. Um, basically, it's sort of re revolved around the um, the inside out characters. Um, you know, the yellow anxious character, the green character, the blue character, and of course the red character. And we talk about how red is red is too late. Red is when we have not used strategies to calm ourselves down um, and to get back on track. And red is when we will probably have to go to the office just to take a break, get ourselves calm, because that means you're yelling, screaming, kicking. And I do everything I can to help to support them to not get to that place. And it does not happen very often at all. Um, so after we do that, we do a go noodle flow. I used to use Go Noodle all the time for all of their brain breaks, and I just realized that it got my kids just way too hyped up. It was too much to manage. The only part of Go Noodle that I use is flow. So I started using flow when I taught first grade several years ago because I realized that my kids were having a lot of trouble calming themselves down um, at the beginning of the day, and then of course, that dreaded after lunch spike from the sugar and the food, whatever. Um, and so I brought that back, in the mornings and what I love about Go Noodle Flow is that they focus on meditation, breathing, mindfulness, self-reflection um, and they have added some recently some brand new flows that really have to do a lot with behavior management. My favorites right now are Switch It Up and Begin Again. 
So it's talking about how if you've had a rough day, um, different strategies and ways that you can switch it up. You can begin again with your breathing, with simply thinking about your choices. So we do a go noodle flow and then we take one more deep breath as a class and then we move into our reading rounds. And this is where I'm going to stop because I want you to think about one thing that you think is adaptable to your classroom, no matter what grade level it is. And I want to reiterate, I don't feel like I have all the answers. And I want to make sure that you understand that our days are not perfect. I am not perfect. I raise my voice. I get frustrated, but there's a lot less of it with me consistently modeling and having the students model what it looks like, what it sounds like to make good choices, to be respectful, to be responsible, to be safe. And um, I should also credit my school. Those are our three big rules that everybody has to know. We call them the three Bs. And they, they made a huge difference. It creates common language. Um, so I would love for you to jump into the Burned In Teacher Podcast Facebook community to share something that you are adapting for your classroom. And if you have any questions, jump in there, ask, let's talk about it because I'm willing to learn too. <laughs> so uh, go to facebook.com slash groups slash burned in teacher. And I hope to see you in there to ta- talk about how it is we can support each other through these challenging behaviors. And until next week, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of Burned In Teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on.